game is never over till the end. Deshaun Lowe's right side. Whenever that clock strikes zero. Caught DeAndre Hopkins. Touchdown, Houston. It's Texans All Access. Texans All Access presented by Daikin, keeping Houstonians comfortable with the latest cooling and heating products designed to save energy and improve indoor air quality inside your home. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer and learn more at DaikinLovesHouston.com. D-A-I-K-I-N LovesHouston.com. Daikin. Here's the show. Hello, Texans fans, and welcome to the program that gets you inside NRG Stadium. It's Texans All Access, and we're in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio across the hall from the locker room. Team practice today again, another one tomorrow before hitting the charter on Saturday in anticipation of the big one. On Sunday, Texans-Titans at 12 noon, and General John McClain joins us from the Houston Chronicles. So, John, safe to say... This is the biggest Texans-Titans game in history. Agree or disagree? Oh, of course, Mark. It's by far the biggest because first place in the division is on the line. I wrote a column this week, and I know you wrote about it on your website, about this rivalry should have been intense, fierce, competitive, that the fans should be frothing at the mouth at the mere mention of the other team. Instead, they respect each other. Fans here like going to Nashville, a great city. Fans in Nashville like coming here, a great city. It needs to get ugly and nasty. And when you play two times in three weeks at first place is on the line, there's a good possibility of it. And then the chance that you could play three times in four weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's been done sometime, but I certainly don't remember it. I expect this rivalry to take off. You've got Vrabel, you got other coaches up there and I I can't wait for this game because uh not just this one but but all the rest of them of course but this one is going to be so much fun and for the first time since Jeff Fisher was taking them to the playoffs every year I expect every seat to be filled every seat to be filled we really haven't seen that much lately I think 04 when the Texans beat the Titans for the very first time Steve McNair was the quarterback for the Titans I believe the stadium had to have been full that day because the Titans really had it rolling back in the early O's, but that's probably the last time it was that full anyway. Hasn't been recently. I know last year before the game, my friends who are all ticket holders said, you're going to be amazed how many empty seats there are because at that time they were competing for first place, not like this. but uh, So I'm happy for Mike Vrabel and the fans up there. Got a lot of good friends up there in the organization and who have tickets, and they're pumped about this game, and they're pumped about their Titans and Ryan Tannehill. All right, let me talk to you about Ryan Tannehill because we're seeing some really good numbers, and a lot of people are doing the stat comparisons in the last several games between him and Watson. I don't know if that's the best way to look at it, if I'm a Titan fan, but go with me here. Tannehill, is he completely transformed, or is this just a run that he's making, uh, a fresh start kind of thing, and he's going to come back down to earth? What do you think of it? 31 years old, he's in his eighth season. The highest rating he ever had in Miami was 93 in 2016. And he had injury issues at Miami. He didn't have a lot of talent around him. But this year's rating is 118. His last five, last four in their four-game winning streak have been at least 131. Only second quarterback in history, Russell Wilson, was the other to do that four games in a row. They have four-game winning streak 
He's he's six and one as a starter. They're averaging thirty one point seven points in the four game winning streak. They're averaging thirty seven points a game, and mm. Derrick Henry has already set his career high. He's on the way to fourteen fifteen hundred yards. He has twelve touchdowns. As you know, he's a good receiver. He's got a couple of touchdown catches. So the play action works so well for them because you have to be prepared to stop the 247-pound Derrick Henry. And that's a great compliment to each other that Tannehill has been incredibly accurate, completing almost 74%, mm-hmm. 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. A lot of people were surprised that he runs so well. But remember, at A&M, he played wide receiver. Speaking of A&M, mm-hmm. Earl Campbell was up there for an autograph session this season, and he went over to the facility, never been. So is a lot of players happy to see Earl Campbell, especially a Texan like Ryan Tannehill. He came up and introduced himself to Earl, and he said, he said, I went to Texas A&M. And Earl said, oh, really? He said, I like the Aggies. Really? You like the Aggies? You've been from UT and all? He goes, yeah. The Aggies helped me win the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> nice one. I was wondering where that was going. That's funny when you have an oiler going up to Tennessee to visit the Titans. It's just kind of weird. It just seems like he should be visiting here. Well, he does visit here. He was there for an autograph show, and they asked Mm -hmm. if he wanted to come over and get a tour, so he did. Eddie George happened to be there, and Eddie George and Earl Campbell are making an appearance tonight in Nashville, just the two of them, for an exclusive audience. Mm -hmm. And... I think that would be so much fun because oh, yeah. I've been around Earl telling stories, and I know both those guys. And and uh, Eddie's asked me if I th- he had another one in August with him and Ray Lewis. And that was a huge hit. And he asked me if I thought one of his talks would go over down here. And I said, shoot, yeah, it would. Oh, yeah. Bring it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely bring it. Okay, so the Titans, we mentioned Ryan Tannehill. You mentioned Derrick Henry, what he's doing second in the NFL in rushing. How do the Texans stop him? They've been good at times against the run. At other times, not as good as they want. But you have Reader up front. You have Blackson. You have Charles Amenahu. You have some guys who can stop the run. You just have to not bite on that play-action stuff. Which is so hard to do. Um, I believe in this last game against Denver, the Texans did do two things well. You know, it got lost in the shuffle as it should have to getting uh, annihilated by a rookie quarterback. One of them... They ran the ball better than they had in the previous couple of games, 134 yards. And they stopped the run better for the first time in a month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, Phillip Lindsay's no slouch for the Broncos. The Texans have harnessed him two years in a row. And Royce Freeman, they put the – they put they threw a net over him. Now, Henry's a different back. But we're talking about, you know, McKinney's a big guy. You mentioned the linemen. They're big. They – what you don't want to do is have him blow through a hole, get on the second level, get away from the linebackers, and then here's, you know, 195-pound Jonathan Joseph mm-hmm. closing in with him going full speed or the other DBs. You want him to at least slow him down up front right. so he doesn't get that big head of steam. And they, they've done it. Now, he's had a couple of times where he was contained and then he broke for a long run. They also have to worry about him as a receiver. And he's a good receiver. He's got a couple touchdown catches. And I'm not sure what kind of coverage or plan Romeo Cordell will have, but somebody, whether it's Zach Cunningham or someone else, will be all over him as a receiver. 
You know, last week I thought the Broncos had a tremendous game plan, trying to isolate tight ends and backs on Bernard McKinney. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not cutting in when it comes to coverage. Obviously, Vrabel and his staff see that tape of what the Broncos did, and I would imagine they'll try to incorporate a lot of that. But I think they can do a good job against Henry. The key is, can they do what only Carolina has been able to do, which is slow down Tannehill and actually beat beat the Titans for the first time in this would make it eight weeks. John, I had Mike Keith, the voice of the Titans. I know you know him. I had him on yesterday, and he's on the podcast, Vandermeer's View, on HoustonTexans.com or wherever fine podcasts are available. How's that for a little plug? Arthur Smith, their OC, he says that they were really ready for this Tannehill thing in the offseason when they acquired him. Do you think that Tannehill, this was expected that at some point he would take over, or it was just a gigantic Lloyds of London insurance policy in case Mariota couldn't do the job? Uh, if they thought that Tannehill was going to do this when they traded for him, that means they had such a low opinion of Marcus Mariota or they had an overinflated opinion for Ryan Tannehill. Now, I did a charity event up there with Vrabel and John Robinson, the GM who made that trade, and they got it as an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. No, And I said at the time, I thought it was one of the – Best moves of the offseason because Tannehill had had some big games at Miami. So you knew he was capable. I didn't think Mariota was going to get benched. I thought he was going to get hurt. Mm. So I'm thinking, okay, when he gets hurt, they have an experienced quarterback, Mm -hmm. former number one pick, who has had some big games to step in. And so I thought that was a really smart move. If anybody tries to act like they knew Ryan Tannehill was going to do what he's doing, they're bald-faced liars. Well, I think he was just ready for it to happen, perhaps. Now, when you look at their defense. Hold on. Let's point something out. Okay. He's in the last year of his contract. Mm -hmm. Steven Strasburg stays healthy for the Nationals (laughs) in the last year when he can opt out, wins his career-high games, signs a $245 million contract. I am always suspect of guys who stay healthy in the last year of their contract or opt out in baseball's case. So I – Tannehill's going to get a big contract from them. They're Mm -hmm. already talking to him. He's going to sign it, and then you hope he doesn't have the injury history at Miami. Well, what if he doesn't finish strong? Past performance does not indicate future results. So you might have a couple of games here that aren't as good as what he's just done. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. It's going to be hard to have a rating of over 131 for a fifth game. And over nine yards per attempt and all the other stuff he's doing right now. I think that he would have to really falter on these last three games for them Mm -hmm. to do that. Now, he'll be 32 next year. Right. If, say, Tua Tagovailoa came out, and because of his hip surgery – or because there's so many veterans on the market, he happened to drop to wherever they're picking, would they take him knowing they could have him for five years and Tannehill would be going into being 38? I would say, yeah, take a quarterback in the first round. But I don't think they make it a priority like the Texans did by trading up to get one because of Tannehill's performance and knowing how excited they are about it. All right, so Texans facing the Titans' defense. You have Jarrell Casey, you have Jeffrey Simmons up front. Harold Landry has nine sacks. Yikes. I mean, this is a real tough bunch to deal with, and the Texans did not move the ball well through the first, what, two-and-a-half quarters against Denver, and who knows what that all means, what they did last week or didn't do last week, but they have to find a way to get the football moving 
early in this game and get it in the end zone, really. It might be good to just keep the Texans' offense in the dressing room till the second quarter <laughs> and let the defense stay on the field. I don't know about that. Because they have so much talent on offense. That's, it's mm. inexplicable to have so few points. Only Washington has fewer in the first quarter. That is amazing. And they got the talent. That's the thing. I Baltimore, I think four games in this winning streak, they've come out and gone straight for a touchdown in the first series. And I'm like, that is amazing. And think of what it would mean up there if they could do it, get the lead, take the crowd out of it, put the Titans a little bit on their heels because the last thing you want to do, and we've seen this several times, come out, fall behind, whether it's because you've given up a drive or, or turnover, and have to play from behind. They're used to it, so they're good at it. And it would help, of course, if they didn't have any penalties. You know, I wrote a thing this week. The Texans have already surpassed last year's yards. They're closing in on uh, on penalty yards. On, yeah, they're pos- closing in on penalties. And do you know this? It's not all Laramie Tunsil on the false starts. He has more than anybody in the league. And Laramie also has more penalties. But false starts were an issue last year. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. I think it was 24. This year's is 28. And maybe that was the third most in the league last year. So you got to look beyond Laramie Tunsil of why this team has false starts. And as you know, having it happen early, like third and five and on the 37-yard line of Denver, mm. well, then it's third and ten. And it's just like some of the best players are committing mental mistakes that uh, – are hurting a much bigger than, say, a pass interference would. Absolute drive killers. Okay, so Will Fuller or no Will Fuller, they need to find a way to get Watson enough time to get the ball off, make some pass plays, because we all want to see them run the football, but you're going to have to throw to score in this game. We all know it. they got to find a way to do it. It's almost like defensively let Derrick Henry run, give him five yards a pop, because that means they're going to have long drives. They're not going to score a lot of points when you're running the ball all the time. But, you know, you, do you want to stop Henry and let Tannehill throw the ball down the field because he's been so good at it? 91-yard touchdown pass at Oakland. And Watson, you know, they they want to do the same thing. You know, they want to keep Watson on the bench. And Watson, you can tell the other day, when he had those that rushing touchdown in which he took a dive into the end zone, mm-hmm. it was like his touchdown catch the week before, a dive into the end zone. And I asked him on Wednesday, you hadn't run for a touchdown in a long time. You had five early. Now you've had three that weren't passes. Is it because of how much each game means? The situation is so crucial. And I think he hadn't thought about it, but he basically said, yeah, mm. this every play is key here, and it is. So I look for him to have a good game. He is 2-1 and one against the Titans. His rating is 120. He has eight touchdowns, two interceptions, two touchdowns rushing, and – the game up there last year where they got beat 2017, and that was his second game after spending the offseason rehabbing. But his rating was still 106.9. And then here he scored 57 and 34. So they know what he can do. Vrabel's been present for all three of those games, mm-hmm. including his last year here in 2017. They're going to try to have a plan that will contain Deshaun Watson. And Rabel told me when he became a head coach, I said, does your familiarity with Watson, should that help you? He said, you can't plan for the plays he makes instinctively. 
because mm-hmm. he doesn't know what's coming. So how would you know what's coming? Well, let's hope he makes plenty of them. All right, John McClain's going to stay with us. We'll go around the league. How's Denver going to do this week? Also, what's up tonight with the Ravens hosting the Jets and other AFC South matchups? And by matchups, I mean other teams in the division and what they're doing this week. And Tampa Bay, next week's opponent. What are they up to? Hot reads and the opening segment with the general is one gigantic hot read presented by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. It's Texans Radio. We are counting down to Sunday at noon when the Texans take on the Tennessee Titans in Nashville, AFC South, first place on the line. Texans have it right now via the tiebreaker, as you know, and whoever wins Sunday has a full game lead with two games to go. And, John, the Texans, if they win any two of the next three, they win the division. They could even conceivably lose the next two, provided that the Titans would lose to the Saints and still beat the Titans closing day and win it, but they want to take care of business on Sunday. Another team that wants to sneak back into the business is the Indianapolis Colts, who will be at the Saints on Monday. I don't know if we want to talk too much about that game, but the Colts, you see the injuries piling up here, John. It's just not going the way they want it down the stretch. I don't think they're a playoff factor. They just gave up 38 points at Tampa. They scored 35, mm-hmm. and they got a new kicker in Chase McLaughlin. We'll never see Adam Vinatieri again. It's a shame the way his career ended. They're two, one field, one short field goal, and one extra point from having two more wins on kicks that he could make in his sleep and didn't. But I don't see them as a factor anymore. It'd be great in the NFC if they beat the Saints, but I can't imagine. I also, boy, you know, the Saints going to Tennessee in that next game, the way the Titans are playing, they could beat them. They could beat them, but we'll see what happens this weekend, and you never know how injuries pile up or anything else, but. Saints are obviously a very good football team. Jets at the Ravens tonight. You give them a prayer to at least slow down Baltimore this evening. No prayer. They're, the Jets are great against the run with Greg Williams. Greg, okay. Greg blitzes more than any coordinator in the league, 53% of the time. But he does not have Jamal Adams. That's a big not have. player. And he doesn't have their first pick, Quinn and Williams. They're both out. The defensive tackle, they're both out because of injuries. So I fully expect – the Ravens to have a field day, the only way it would be even interesting is if Sam Darnold has his best game of the season. John, Denver, not only have they won two in a row with Drew Locke. They're 5-4 and four over their last nine. That's right. So they're a pretty decent team since they got it together with the baptismal first few games under Vic Fangio. Obviously, they look great here last week. They're going to be at the Kansas City Chiefs. What about a prayer for them this weekend? Drew Locke who went to Missouri, goes back mm-hmm. to Missouri. Chiefs are playing really well right now. You know, they got their eye on getting that first round bye. Wouldn't it be weird to see the Patriots playing in the first round? I don't know if they've ever played in the first round. Yeah, they have. Baltimore 09, they lost Is that, at home. Is that it? Yeah. And so After they lost here. That's the distinct possibility for the Patriots. And Chiefs' defense is playing better. So even though Drew Locke did well, I don't see them going into Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs any more than I saw them coming in RG Stadium and beating the Texans. Hey, you're right. The Chiefs are alive for a first-round by possibility. They need the Ravens to have a meltdown. That's not going to happen, though. All right, so the Giants hosting the Dolphins. I know the Chiefs beat the Ravens, but the uh, Chiefs have four losses and the Ravens have two. Giants hosting the Dolphins. I only bring this up because Eli's done, right? So this is the farewell tour. 
I think that it would have been such a great story if he'd have been able to maintain that first half performance yeah. at Philadelphia. He didn't. I think he's going to win this game. They're going to give him a standing ovation every time he's seen on the field. And he deserves it. He certainly does. Okay, other action that we are following. I just want to talk about the Jaguars for this reason. They're going to be at the Raiders. These are two teams that have been having meltdown, catastrophic blowout losses. So who's going to stop their streak this weekend? And what happens in Jacksonville? Shad Khan, is he going to wipe everybody out of that organization and start over? Jacksonville is the first team since the 1986 Buccaneers to lose five consecutive games by at least 17 points. Jeez. That means they've quit on Doug Marone. He's gone. Dave Caldwell, the GM, is gone. I'm guessing Coughlin at 74. Do I want Tom Coughlin hiring my people mm. and having my organization to start over with him? The answer is no. I think they're all gone. House cleaning. And uh, I'm worried if Coughlin were there, he would go after Matt Rule. I'm worried that if the Giants were to fire Pat Shermer, who I've never thought was any good, he's now had five years of head coach, five losing records, that the Giants would come after Matt Rule because he coached there for a year. And basically every story I say about a possible opening, they're mentioning Matt Rule. But I think the Jaguars, they're all going. The Raiders, they've lost three in a row after they were right there in the contention for the division and a wild card tells me, John Gruden's going to want a new quarterback. Derek Carr, either he stays there with a the number one pick or Gruden goes after one of these older guys because there's going to be so many of them available. The Cowboys are hosting the Rams. Of course, the NFC East is highly gettable. By the, the Rams are hot. I mean, they just killed Seattle. They've, they're, they're, it's still a long shot to make the playoffs, but the Cowboys, I keep picking them to win and they lose. I guess because they're home, I'm going to pick them to win. Really? Yeah, just because they're home. What about this Bills-Steelers deal on Sunday night? This is an intriguing game. I like this one. I like the Bills in prime time. It's about time. Only the second time they've been on Sunday nights. It's the playoffs in 99. And their defense is really good. Their offense is not. They need some more offensive weapons. Mm -hmm. And Pittsburgh with Duck Hodges, he's 3-0 and as a starter. Mike Tomlin is right up there with Mike Shanahan. Mike Kyle Shanahan is coach of the year candidate. Steelers, Steelers not going to lose this game at home. Okay, so Heisman Trophy OU Bowl with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Browns visiting them. Do the Browns continue their run? I think they do against the Cardinals. I think that answers itself, John. But is Freddie Kitchens is this late run going to be enough to keep him? in the coach's seat in Cleveland. He shouldn't be. They need a veteran coach who's been through the wars to come in there and manage all those egos. Kitchen's in over his head, has been for the get-go, and this would just set to help help the new guy coming in, but he's going to have to be a psychiatrist as much as he is a coach. John, Ron Rivera's gone in Carolina. They're going to host the Seahawks. So Dave Tepper is going to have a lot of work to do to uh, find out Who's going to be his next guy? Well, Marty Herney is, uh, he wants to keep Marty Herney, but that's not a good situation for a new general manager to come in and the former general manager, two two different stats, be there on the staff. That's not fair. So I assume he's going to hire GM first. And tell you something I'm really interested in, Rick mm-hmm. Smith. Rick Smith, I've been hearing, wants to come back to the NFL. 
And I think anybody looking for a general manager would be wise to interview Rick because he can go back and say, hey, I traded up to get Deshaun Watson. I know how to get a quarterback. I drafted J.J. Watt. I drafted DeAndre Hopkins. All the first rounders. Yeah, he'll say, don't look at my second and third rounders, but look at my first ones, and I think Rick's got a chance to get a job. Ron Rivera definitely gets a job, right? Definitely gets a job unless he wants to take a year off like Mike McCarthy. But I've heard him say he wants to keep coaching. I don't know if it's this year. Would Cleveland hire McCarthy? Dorsey worked with him in Green Bay, knows him very well. McCarthy handled Aaron Rodgers all those years. He handled Brett Favre, ought to be able to handle Baker Mayfield. I would think McCarthy would would be a candidate, and I think he'd be a good candidate. Back to the Cowboys. If Garrett is on the open market, does he get a head coaching gig? No. No way. Okay. Are there any high school openings? Is Mike Tomlin underrated, overrated, or properly rated? Well, Here this he is. year he is, he is being properly rated because everybody's talking about the great coaching job he does. The fans have been wanting to get rid of him for years, and he has done a tremendous job. He's probably lucky that uh, Miles Garrett conked Mason Rudolph because that ended up – Rudolph didn't do squat the next week, and he had to go with his third stringer, Duck Hodges, and the rest is history. And their defense is great. So I think that people are seeing how great he is. You know, if you've got a lot of great athletes, like players like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger, and you go every year to the playoffs, you don't get respect. It's too bad you've got to lose a lot of players and be an underdog and then all of a sudden win for people to give you the respect you've deserved for a long time. All right, so the Patriots, Bengals, the scouting video controversy – what did you make of it? First of all, it was done right in front of Bengals officials. Right. And I don't think that the Patriots, with their experience in subterfuge, would have told a guy to set up right in front of them where they can see your monitor pointed at the bench. And now they could say, let's go to the videotape and look at it. And Belichick in the past when he was guilty – would say we're on to this team or that team. Mm-hmm. But he has been adamant this week. I did not know anything about it. I don't think he did or they would have been they would have been more clandestine. And it also would have been stupid to be doing that and risking that against Damn. the Bengals, who are the worst team in the NFL. So I'm thinking <laughs> when it's all said and done, nothing is going to be done to the Patriots. Well the one thing I have issue with is he had to know, because there's no way we could do a video like that, follow the scout around, a day in the life of a scout, and shoot what he's doing without approval from football operations. And I don't think anything gets approved in football operations without him knowing. So that part of it, I'm a little iffy on, but I agree that this was not a competitive advantage And you thing. have to tell the opponent what you're doing. Yeah, you, This is where we're going. This is right. what we're doing. I'm stunned. And their website, they're like y'all. They spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of people. They do a great job. But that, the work of an advanced scout, mm-hmm. which is basically giving some kind of inside information to the most the most paranoid organization in the NFL, mm. and I'm, I'm guessing that guy's probably fired, and I'm wondering if he's been around. Maybe he's in his first year of the Patriots, and he's young, and he doesn't know about all the controversy. With a that, Bruins hat. That's Was he wearing a Bruins hat? Let me hat? tell you, one of, one of my guys, none of my guys, nobody's going to wear a Rockets hat or an Astros hat not. working for us. It's not happening. I mean, I love those teams, but come on, you're a Texan. <laughs> that makes me think the guy was new. Yeah, or he was, or he 
was his company was hired for this. Yeah. But I think there's much more to this story. But it's not about about Belichick. I think Goodell will let him off the hook. John, what do you have going on in the Chronicle? Aaron Wilson's writing Sunday about Vrabel and O'Brien. I'm writing for Friday. If if uh, Drew Locke can throw for 309 yards against his secondary, what in the world can uh, Ryan Tannehill and Jameis Winston? Nothing. Do? It was an aberration. It was an aberration. There. And that would be good. And uh, we and Aaron's got a good story too about DeAndre Carter with some information most people don't know. So those will be in the Chronicle and uh, Texas Sports Nation. Thank you, John. Thank you, Mark. As John McClain for the Houston Chronicle, you know if the Texans score two or more touchdowns, head to your closest jack-in-the-box the next day for your free Texans jumbo jack with a large drink purchase, and they fulfilled on that even though they didn't win. At least they got the jumbo jack deal for you. That's right. Next up, John Harris. We're going to play more likely to happen. Heavy Texans-Tennessee numbers coming your way, but easy to digest as you drive home or wherever you're going. It's Texans Radio. I can feel the angst. I can feel the tension. I can feel. Do I say stress next? I think so because I mean it's the NFL and we've got drama coming up Sunday at noon in Nashville as the Texans battle the Tennessee Titans. We're here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio talking about it. I'm Texans All Access. John Harris steps into the studio now. Johnny, here we go. It's coming up soon, and I'm just Ooh. so fired up for this one. It's. I was going to say it's about as big as it gets, but not really because there's, you know, playoffs and Super Bowl and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But to date, though, to date, though, and I got to thinking about this. Mm-hmm. I know since 2014, since I've been in the building and since 2007, since I've been back in Houston, I do not remember a game with the Titans this late in the year. That means this much. No, this is it. This is the biggest Texans Titans game ever. Yeah. Period. End of story. This is it. Now, in 2016, the Texans were nine and six, and the Titans were eight and seven going into the finale. But it was rendered pointless mm-hmm. because of the outcome the week before against the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. So. And the Titans were going for a winning season, right? But they Correct. had nothing else on the line, no postseason. Right. And, yeah, Matt Castle ended up winning that day. How about Vrabel got the job after Malarkey won the playoff game in Kansas City? Yeah. And, and then got – yeah, exactly. And, uh, but the thing about it was is that was sort of surprising that he even got them to the playoffs. Yeah. Because during the year I remember them saying, I don't know if he's going to make it. Right. I don't think he's going to make they it. They got then, blown out here. How about that? Use yeah. the Titans as your inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> they got blown out here by the Texans mm-hmm. and eventually won a playoff game at Kansas City to make it to the divisional round and lose to the Patriots, right? Ex- yes, explain that. Well, no, losing to the pa- Patriots doesn't need an explanation. No. no, They were just outclassed in that game, but they beat Alex Smith and the Chiefs. Yeah. I remember Alex watching Smith that finale. one. I was at a restaurant, and I was like, oh, come on. Like, you know, it's not like some college angles where you might root for the conference. Yeah. I don't root for the no, Titans no. in the postseason. Are not you kidding me? That's, that's not happening. All right, I know we're here to play More Likely to Happen, so let's get to All it. All right, do it. More Likely to Happen. All right, first one, More Likely to Happen. I'm going to go right to the heart of this thing, Texans and Titans. More Likely to Happen, Deshaun Watson 300 yards or Ryan Tannehill 300 yards? Tannehill's sure. been putting up big numbers, Johnny. Yeah. Big numbers. And look, he if has, the Texans have a lead, he's going to have to throw. He could get to 300. I know, and, and you're, you're probably right. But it's when, Deshaun Watson and Ryan Tannehill. It's Deshaun Watson. And the, the, the one little part of the conversation that nobody really talks about, and I know mm-hmm. Landry and John Lopez would be proud of me, is the Titans' pass defense. The Titans give up mm-hmm. about 260 yards passing a game. They're Yummy. not. They're, they're not – 
one of the top teams in the league. In fact, trying to find my numbers here real fast, but I know it's like 260 there, 25th in the league in passing yards allowed. They do have a great front. When they have Daquan Jones next to Jeffrey Simmons, next to Drill Casey and Harold Landry's on the outside with Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, that's a really good front six when they play nickel. Uh, then they bring uh, Kamalea Correa in when they play base. Number 44. I'm Number already 44. working on this. Yeah. Kamalea Correa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. But the secondary has been banged up a little bit, and I just have never thought the secondary was, was great. Bayard's a ball hawk. Yep. He'll, he'll find it, and he does a really nice job. But they give up yards through the air. So I think that Deshaun could put up 300 against them. I almost don't want him to. So I almost want to change my answer. I almost don't want him to. I want him to be in that 250 to 275 range. Because that means you're running it well, probably. And I'd rather be in the 130 to 140 rushing in, that, in the rushing range. But we're just making a pick here. But I'm going to go with Deshaun just because I think he can do it even if the Texans win that game and blow them out. So I'm going to go with 300 Quick Sean. Quick semi-sidebar here. What about all the people who are tweeting, oh, look at the stats in the last seven games, and they're whining about – they're whining about uh, how Tannehill has better numbers in the last seven games than Deshaun Watson. That means he's so much better. Is there a GM in the league who would take? No. No. I just wanted to know that. Look, okay. Ryan, Ryan's played well. Dude. Yeah, no, you got to give credit. He give, looks great. And Ryan I hope has, for his sake, uh, well, actually, he's a Titan, so I don't hope anything here. How about this little nugget? Hmm? I was going to save this, but I figured since we're talking about Tannehill. You know, Tannehill's only faced the Texans once. Yes. Do you know what was yeah, don't tell me. historic I know it about this? Yeah, he blew them out Yeah, yeah, yeah. in but 2015 no, no, no. there. Go, go further. Think perfect. Perfect quarterback rating. He had a perfect quarterback rating in that 2015 matchup. He was 18 of 19, four touchdowns out of 158. 18 of 19. They play, oh, pff, 19 throws. I like Deshaun's perfect quarterback no, rating game, which I, was like 38 throws. I know, I know. I'm, I, listen, I'm with you on this. I'm just saying that Ryan Tannehill saw the Texans once four years yeah. ago. And he lit us up like a Christmas tree. And I hope that's not the case no, on not. Sunday. Look, this is a very different situation. It's a very different you don't situation. Have, right. You don't have Ryan Mallett mania, reverse <laughs> style, like reverse mania. You know, we, when we get back after a trip, we always, like Monday, me, you, Drew, DPR, kind of congregate and talk about different things. And we, we kind of unofficially do this. We kind of grade the road trip. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a fun trip. That was a good trip. It was Okay. That trip to Miami was as lousy a trip as it could have been. It was. It was. I so mean, bad. it was. It was bad. It was, it was so bad. just bad. Well, at least we oh. went to South Beach and had uh, dinner we, at the Clevelander the night before. Okay, next one. More likely to happen. More likely to happen. The Texans run for 130 yards, or Derrick Henry runs for 100 plus. So Texans 130 as a team, Henry 100 as a player. You notice I didn't put the Texans 100 as a player as a team. I think the Texans for 130 Ooh. because I think. It's. I think Carlos can get his. Can mm-hmm. get seventy five, eighty five. I think Deshaun's gonna be good for forty to fifty. Yeah. But I think what they've got to be able to do, where they've got to exploit the run game, if you will, is getting Duke up to fifty or sixty. Mm-hmm. He's got to be able to slice and dice through there, and I think he did that against the Patriots, and it kind of went with him. But I think if if the Texans are truly hitting the Titans, kind of that one two combo with Duke and with Carlos, kind of bang bang. You know, here's a little bit of power, and then there's Duke. You know, here comes the pow power, and then here comes the, ch-ch-ch, and then you kind of go back and forth, and you kind of keep them on their heels a little bit with that. I think you can get to 130. The thing about Henry, with that 100, he can get there in one run. 
I mean, that's yeah. the scary thing about him is for as big as he is, you'd think, oh, he's just kind of a plodding guy. He breaks one tackle at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. He's into the secondary in two steps, and then all of a sudden you got a bunch of 180 to 200-pound guys try to tackle 245 Oh, my gosh. just said something very similar like 20 minutes ago. Oh. So you guys are, are in step with We're this one. We're simpatico. I, I, but I still think the Texans will hold Henry in check, get a lead, and then force Tannehill have to throw. And I think that's going to be the formula to win this game. Okay, next one. More likely to happen. More likely to be the case next year in the AFC South. We have status quo at the current starting quarterback's positions, meaning Minshew, Tannehill, mm-hmm. Brissett, and Watson. Yeah. Or we have a change somewhere. More likely to happen. There'll be a change somewhere. Okay. Where I, is the change going to be, though? To win this officially, you have to get it right, and I'll check back next year. What would be really interesting mm-hmm. is we win these two games against the Titans, and they don't look good at home against the Saints, and whether they start thinking that Tannehill is the, is Tannehill the answer. I brought this up with is, McLean, too. Is he the guy? Because so, he said they're already talking contract with I know. him. I thought, well, hold on a second. I know. I, now, I, you, you've got you to gotta play some games now. I know you beat the Chiefs. So I get that. Yeah. You beat Indy at Indy. Okay. But you blocked a kick to get you to 31. So you put up 24 against the Indy defense that it was okay. I don't mm-hmm. think Indy defense is great, but you put up 24. Okay. So now you face the Texans. And, look, the Texas defense hasn't been what it's been in past years. We know that. But I, I have I have numbers. It's interesting. I have numbers that I know I heard Sean and, and Seth talking about this earlier today. The Texans defense has faced – <sighs> significantly better offenses this year. Mm-hmm. The irony is that last year when we faced a top 10 offense, we lost. I mean, that's what you expect, right? Yeah. Face top 10 offense, okay, you're going to lose. This year when we faced top 7 offenses, we've won mm. outside of Baltimore. Well, you matched up with them. You yeah. matched wits. Except for Baltimore, that's the one. Chargers and Chiefs and the Patriots. Well, the Patriots are yeah. not yeah. exactly who they were on offense. But. Right. But it's just been interesting kind Saints. of the offense-defense dynamic with that. But as far as it pertains to the quarterbacks, I I think ten- Tennessee will bring back will bring Tannehill back. They'll give him a contract. I, if they're smart, it'll be kind of a three-year deal that gets them out after a year, maybe even two. I think Jacksonville, look, Minshew is, is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He can't be your answer. He no, can't, no, he can't be your answer. I agree. So They're Jacksonville, gonna... Indianapolis starts to get interesting now because they were very convinced that Jacoby Brissett was that guy. In fact, they gave him a contract. Ballard gave him a contract, I think, for a couple of years for $30 million. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be their guy. But I think it was a two-year deal, so I don't know if they can get out of it after a year or what they can do. But there just have been moments where Jacoby looks fantastic. Signed week seven against us. Week seven, yeah. There have been times where he has not looked good, the second matchup with us. Yeah. He did not look good. They tried to run the rock, and but he, he just didn't throw it all that well. He didn't throw it well that I, night. He was banged up, too. And he was banged him. up. I, I get that. But just you know, against Tampa Bay the other day, they put up 35, but end of the ballgame, he just didn't make any plays to win that game. So I don't know. You know, Knowing Ballard, the one reason that he took that job outside of the fact that it was in the Midwest, was that Andrew Luck was there, that he wouldn't yep. have to go looking for a quarterback. But now you do. But now he might have you to. Don't like so I think two of them change. I think two of those three end up changing. Okay. Next one. More likely to happen. More likely to happen. Denver beats Kansas City on the road, <laughs> or the Jags beat the Raiders on the road. I, I would – oh, man, the Jags have opened a can of quick. That's a good one. But what about the Raiders? They're getting blown out by everybody I lately. Know. I know. But, but I, the Raiders are definitely – I don't even have to look. They're favored at home, okay? Yeah. okay. 
here's here's my, I think I, I don't think that the Broncos will play well going to Kansas City. Either that or Drew Locke is just a complete total mess. I don't expect him to be. <laughs> no. I think the one thing that Locke threw our guys off a little bit was the velocity with which he threw the football. Mm-hmm. You know that first touchdown. I mean, I said it. That's the that's the fastest football I've ever seen. Yeah. There's revolutions on that. I mean, it was unbelievable. Now Kansas City has this tape, though. Yeah, they've got this tape. They can study that, and there may be no no fan. That's mm-hmm. huge. They that don't fan. That's a big factor. But here's the other thing on that touchdown. If you watch that touchdown again, dudes are covered. Yeah, they're covered like he makes, blankets. He makes a throw anyway. He makes that throw in that spot See, he I'd should like have that. never made, and it gets in there. And it's like I I mean I I see the throw coming, and I'm watching the coverage. And I'm like. Knock it down. Just all you got to do is knock it. Yeah. It, it got in there so fast. And then as Julio's trying to get it out, as he's ripping it out, as they're falling, he's ripping it basically into his belly. So it's like mm-hmm. securing it for him. So, anyways, the point being, Locke is going to give Kansas City some issue. Frank Clark's been dealing with a stomach issue as well. So there's been some things going on with the – now, Kansas City's defense has played better. But the Oakland Raiders will not lose the last game in Oakland Alameda Coliseum. They will not. Okay. So I can't remember how you phrase this, but the Raiders will win the last game in Oakland Alameda Coliseum. I don't even know what it's called now. Qualcomm or Oakcom or Oaktown or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it's called now. Oaktown. I don't care. Whatever the it's opposite of that is. Oakland's beating Jacksonville. Okay. Got it. Johnny, thank you. You got it, Mark. There's my buddy John Harris. Follow him on Twitter at jharrisfootball. Now, calling all Houston area teachers, if you want Texans football in your class Sign up for Toro's Math Drills, presented by Cotico Phillips, a video series designed to help third and fourth graders how to tackle math in the classroom. HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills has all the information you need on that. And boy, could my kids use some of that Toro's Math Drills education. Speaking of education, the Liz Franck injury, how did it get named? What really is it? Let's find out. Dr. Pedro Coscuzuela joins us of Houston Methodist right now. How's it going, doctor? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing great. So the Liz Franck joint ligament, the Liz Franck injury, we've heard about it from time to time. The most infamous one, perhaps, Matt Schaub back in 2011 here for the Houston Texans. But a lot of NFL players and others have suffered from this. What happens? What kind of injury is this, doctor? So the Liz Franck injury was described by actually Napoleon's field surgeon. He realized that you could amputate feet through those joints without having to use a saw on the field. And so that he had these soldiers that would fall off the horse's stirrups, their feet would get caught, they would have bad injuries. And he realized that he could do an amputation through those joints much quicker without the need for a saw. And so those joints retained his name. The joints are the ones between the tarsal bones in the middle of the foot, or what we call the cuneiforms and the cuboid and our metatarsals which are the long bones in our foot and what typically happens is the player has their foot bent down with their toes on the ground and another player or his own body weight falls on the back forcing the pressure or the energy of the force through those joints and essentially tearing those ligaments great information doctor we appreciate the time thank you so much you're welcome sir you have a great day Dr. Pedro Coscuzuela of Houston Methodist, which is the official health care provider of the Houston Texans. For more information or to find a physician, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. All right, that's the show, boys and girls. We got to go. Thursday night football coming up. Jets and Ravens will be back at 6 tomorrow. Bill O'Brien on the show. DeAndre Hopkins on the show. This is going to be good. Let's get ready for Texans-Titans. Have a great night, and go Texans.